The one thing that I've promised myself is that I am never going to get stuck again. I spent so many years not taking action because of my anxiety disorder and depression. Now I'm free of that. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to let a spinal cord injury hold me back. Hey, curl friend, how are you doing? It's me, Zoe Fox, and you're listening to the Curl Squad's Curl Power Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I always appreciate your ear. If you're a regular listener, then you'll be familiar with the show. If you're new here, we like to talk about mindset, overcoming challenges, thriving after trauma, and we also have some amazing guests talking about their journey to self-acceptance, entrepreneurship, and basically being the representation that we needed when we were growing up. In today's episode, I am going to be giving you some really exciting news. Yes, it's very exciting. Well, it's exciting for me. Anyway, I'm sure you'll be thrilled. Um, And we're also going to talk about showing up even when you don't feel like it. We are just three episodes deep into series two of the podcast. And the reason I slowed it down before was because I was going through a lot of changes with my injury. If you're new here, I've got a spinal cord injury that happened at the beginning of the pandemic. If you're not new here, you're probably thinking, can you stop going on about that injury? (laughs) Trust me, I feel the same. But I knew there would probably come a point where I would struggle to show up and deliver an episode but I'm committed. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to let my people them down. And I know you're out there because I can see the stats. And it's not just my mum and dad downloading it. And today was one of those days where I was like, I'm struggling to get going today. I feel so fatigued. Part of the joys of this spinal cord injury, uh, particularly my quadriquina syndrome, just means that I do get bogged down with really intense fatigue to the point actually... At times when my brain can't formulate sentences, it gets really difficult. Like my husband will be talking to me and and then I'll just be like, yeah, and he's like, that's insightful, babe, thanks. And like the conversation will just tail off because I can't get the sentences together. So today I was just feeling a little bit meh. I didn't want to let you guys down. I didn't want to let myself down because I've made a commitment to this podcast. I made a commitment to show up. So here I am doing that. I got to the studio, had a loose idea of what I wanted to say, but I usually like to make sure that the podcasts are pretty considered. So this one's a little bit on the fly. So I got to the studio and I just couldn't quite get in the groove or the flow. I'm just sort of like, "Mm, I don't know what to say. This podcast is going to be dry. Um, Hopefully they'll stick with me and just give me an exception pass for today. But then I started having a little play around and I went onto Instagram actually and there's this guy, Mark Billet, and he's got this beautiful little song, and it's him standing in his robe, thrusting about at his keyboard, and it goes a little something like this. You gotta show up if you wanna get it done. If you wanna get it done, you gotta show up. If you don't show up, it's not getting done. You gotta show up if you wanna get it done. You gotta show up if you wanna get it done. And I was like, that's it. You have to show up if you wanna get it done. And today, as much as I didn't wanna come out, I did. And here I am, now the podcast is happening, I've showed up. And you know what, it's not always easy. It's so easy to find so many reasons not to do things. But sometimes, the best thing that you can do 
is just take that one step like I did. I took that one step, well, 47 steps, down all of my stairs, into the car, round the corner, to the studio. I got in. Even when I got in, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But here I am now, talking about showing up, regardless. It's not always easy to show up when you're dealing with chronic pain. Like, chronic pain is so exhausting. Hopefully you don't have to deal with it. If you do, I'm sure you'll understand. If you don't, you'll have to take my word for it. Being in a constant state of pain and sensation is hard work because your body's trying to do all the stuff that it would normally do whilst also trying to manage and cope with this pain. So it can be a bit of a struggle. And this has been a bit of a thread, actually, ever since I became disabled, is like the body's automatic desire to want to just lie down and rest. But I was a person before my disability came along and I had dreams and hopes and ambitions. The injury wasn't part of the plan. So the one thing that I had to figure out is how can I keep going? How can I keep working towards my dreams and my goals despite the physical circumstances that are holding me back? And another challenge about disability, um, particularly the aspects that are not visible, is it's really hard for other people to understand what you're going through. Like if you can't see someone's pain, how do you even begin to comprehend it? I think around 70% of people with disabilities actually have invisible disabilities. And I know from speaking to people with completely invisible disabilities, one of the biggest challenges that they find are other people and the lack of understanding. And a similar thing could be said with mental health as well. If you can't see it on the outside, does it mean that it doesn't exist? That was one of my biggest issues in the corporate world. While I was dealing with my mental health challenges was that because people couldn't see it, they just see young, healthy, you know, smiling. It's hard for them to comprehend what is going on inside. For people with invisible disabilities, it can be a real challenge. Now, I mean, I've got crutches and a bit of an obvious limp, but that doesn't stop me from being looked at sideways. In fact, the other day, for the very first time in two years, did I mention that I got my driving licence back? Um, I can't remember, I probably did. Well, anyway, I've got my driving licence back after two years. And on this particular day, I was just finishing up the Curls Kids sweatshirts that I've had made, um, sewing my labels and stuff. And I ran out of thread for the sewing machine. So I thought, you know what? I've got the car. I'm actually going to brave it. Because for the first time in two years, if I need something, I can actually just go and get it by myself without having to rely on anybody else. So I was like, okay. Before I did that, I was like, let me just call the store to make sure they've got it because I don't want to have a wasted journey because you've got to think so carefully about how you use your energy. So I called Sainsbury's, sweet. They had the thread that I needed, so I drove over there. Just as I was turning right into the disabled parking area, I could see this man looking at me. Didn't think too much of it. Reversed back into the space and he came over to the driver's side window and was like, you can't park there. And I was like, "Um, yes, I can. And he's like, it's it's for disabled people. And I was like, well, I am disabled. Like the guy hadn't even given me a chance to get out of the car 
to see how I was presenting or anything, which is besides the point because I've already, as I've already said, 70% of disabilities are invisible. So I was like, what proof do you want? I've got a blue badge here that I haven't had chance <laughs> to get out of the glove compartment because, you know, you haven't given me a chance to even take my seatbelt off. I've got my crutches. In fact, I've got my wheelchair in the back. And then he was like, I was only trying to be helpful. And I'm thinking, well, you're not really, are you? You're not being really helpful because I'm a disabled person and I'm feeling quite harassed at the moment, which is a little bit annoying. And in fact, because it was my very first trip out, it was actually quite detrimental to my confidence. I did have a little bit of a cry after just because it took me aback. You know, you see these stories about disabled people being harassed um, in disabled parking bays. And the first time I go out by myself, that's what happened. But this is the problem with trying to be a superhero for disabled toilets or disabled parking bays. Now, be honest. Have you ever looked at someone sideways? You know, as you see them either sort of like going into a disabled toilet or coming out or parking up in a disabled bay. And yes, there are people that are out there to take the pee and park in spaces that they're not supposed to. And those sorts of people really wind me up because you could be the difference as to why I can go shopping or I can't. Like, I can't walk that far. So if I can't park near to where I need to go, you know, you're sort of ruining my day because you're being a bit of a lazy article. You know what I mean? But it's this sense of entitlement that people have. And there's this sort of a sense of distrust around people with disability, which is really frustrating to have to deal with as a disabled person. As I've just given you that example there of the man who accosted me as I was trying to park up in the space. Or in fact, I had a Sainsbury's delivery as I have done, you know, get my shopping delivered home. On the notes, I always say, kindly bring shopping to my flat door. I'm disabled, I can't carry the bags upstairs. The delivery driver rang the doorbell. I just buzzed him in because usually, you know, I buzz them in and then they just start bringing up the shopping. Buzzed him in, made my way down like there's like seven stairs, eight stairs internally inside my flat. So I started coming down those stairs to get to the front door so that I could open it to retrieve the shopping. Just as I got to the bottom of the stairs, bzz, bzz, started ringing the bell again. So then I had to go back up the stairs and he's like, can you come down and help me? And I'm like, uh, did you see the note on the on the order? And he's like, well, it's against store policy to go beyond the first floor. So I'm thinking, oh, is that so? Is that what the policy is? Well, I thought maybe that was the case because I've, I did have another incident with a Sainsbury's delivery driver who was clearly quite resentful that he had to bring my shopping upstairs for me. So anyway, he begrudgingly bought it up. Bearing in mind there were two delivery people on this job so anyway, he was like, yeah, it's against it's against store policy. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it clearly says on the note that I'm disabled and it doesn't mention anywhere when you're placing the order that you don't deliver above the first floor. If that was the case, I wouldn't have placed the order. And he's like, well, people lie about being disabled. And I'm like, so people lie about being disabled. So because some people lie about being disabled, you're assuming a position of distrust in my case. And these are just some of the really annoying things that disabled people have to deal with. And it's just like, you know what? Life is enough as it is without having to deal with all of this additional stress and drama. So since then, I've moved to Ocado, who are far more pleasant.
and they get 28 minutes to deliver. I don't know what the Sainsbury's delivery slot time is actually, but I think we need to blame the corporations rather than the delivery men because, you know, I think these guys are under so much pressure to get so much done in such a short window of time that customer service goes out the window. And I understand that they're under pressure, but that's not my that's not my problem, really, is it? I've paid for shopping, I've got a delivery pass. I'm expecting the shopping to be delivered to the door, you know, the same door that is billed for the for the food that I've just ordered. I said to him, like, you know, I don't want to have to ask for your help. I need your help. If I could do this by myself, I would do it. I'm a very independent young woman, you know. So anyway, after they disappeared, I jumped straight online to read the policy. You know, it says they'll do their best to deliver to the door. Anyway, after that, we raised a complaint and they were like just trying to give me a £10 voucher. And I'm like, look, I'm not interested in freebies. I'm not out for freebies. I'm trying to understand your policy and just know, is it going to be okay for me to order from you guys again? Or is it going to be a problem? Because I can't be dealing with moody delivery men who are resentful towards me because they've got to carry my shopping up the stairs. They were like, oh, we can't share the outcome because it involves a member of staff. And I'm like, look, I'm really not interested in the ins and outs of what was said to the member of staff. I just some, need some reassurances, please. But yeah, Ocado uh, doing a great job so far. So shout out to Ocado. So in addition to dealing with daily pain, benefits agencies and their 40 pages worth of PIP paperwork and all the rest of it, honestly, guys, you don't realise what disabled people have to go through unless you are a disabled person or closely linked to one and you see these pages and pages of paperwork. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I'm out here with this big dream of like wanting to elevate women and change the world and... Here I am, stuck <laughs> with these energy vampire delivery drivers with their bad vibes and um, just all this paperwork and having to fight for every last thing, you know? So, yeah, sometimes it is hard work to show up. The one thing that I've promised myself is that I am never going to get stuck again. I spent so many years not taking action because of my anxiety disorder and depression. Now I'm free of that. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not going to let a spinal cord injury hold me back. But it's a fine line of balance. It's like you have to have boundaries because you have to honour and respect your health, your healing time. And we're not super people as much as like the Paralympics tries to make out superhuman. Jeez, we're not superhuman. We are humans just doing what other humans do with layers of challenges on top of that. It doesn't make us superhuman. And there are some days when, well, like today, I don't want to go anywhere or do anything, but I have promised myself that like at the very least, I will take one step towards achieving something that is setting me in the direction of you know, the ultimate dream, the ultimate goal. And then at least at the end of the day, I can think, oh, you know what, I've made one piece of progress, even if I do nothing else. Because the thing is with me, if I'm not making progress, I feel guilty. I've got that feeling of like, oh, I should be doing more, I should be doing more. And that can be a detrimental mindset to have, especially when your body needs to rest and recover and recuperate. Because, you know, you might end up pushing yourself in, in situations a little bit too far. On a good day, I like to do five things that will move me closer to my dreams. On an off day, I'll do at least one. And today it was like, just get out of the house and get to the studio. 
And here I am recording this episode. I don't know whether it's going to be like a, a coherent episode or not, but thank you for showing up with me. I feel like at the moment I'm just being fueled by this bigger mission that I can I can feel like that is just bubbling away in everything that I'm doing. The energy on the planet at the moment is like it's quite intense. I feel like everybody's tired at the moment. I just think there's so much happening. There's been, you know, we've all been through this emotional trauma of dealing with a pandemic and you know, now there's a, a war going on in Europe which is nothing new because there've been wars going on for years and years it's just all of a sudden the media seems to be particularly interested in this war i wonder why are these victims more worthy than the victims of other wars and other war crimes i don't know but that's the media lens isn't it and and the racism that we have to deal with as black and brown people like even prince william came out with some totally ignorant comment like oh we expect to see this in asia and africa but not in europe we're so civilized he didn't say civilized but you know that's been the whole thread throughout all of this news coverage, hasn't it? But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, like, everybody's dealing with a lot. I haven't spoken to one person at the moment that isn't sort of feeling oh, the need to just have a holiday and exhale. But I'm just, like, I'm feeling this momentum and it's almost outside of my control and I'm just going with it. And I think a lot of that is driven by representation. Representation has always been a huge thing for me, hence the podcast, because... In fact, can you think off the top of your head of any notable mixed black disabled woman? Can you? No, I'm struggling. It's not to say there aren't any. No disrespect to those that I'm not aware of. But like that in itself is like a motivating force for me to like want to stand up and be seen for other disabled women, particularly women of colour. So that is making me really determined to show up in the best way possible. I am here to be that representation. I am here to be a voice for the voiceless because that's what we pretty much are, disabled women of colour, voiceless. So this is my voice and I'm using it and you're listening to me using it. So thank you. Please do share the podcast (laughs) so more people can hear our marginalised voices. So on the subject of representation, Treasure Tress which is Europe's first and largest product discovery box, especially for black and mixed race women. Uh, The brand was founded by Jamelia Donaldson. She looked out into the marketplace and didn't see herself represented. She's like, where is the love for black hair out here? So she created a brand that delivered the things that she wished existed. And Treasure Tress have just held their first TT Awards because... They were fed up of not seeing black brands truly represented in beauty awards and things like that. So they set up their own awards, which is recognising the world of black hair and beauty. And I was rather surprised when I received an email to say, I've been nominated in the category of Woman of the Year. Guys, I can't tell you how excited I was when I saw that email come through. Woman of the Year? What, me? So, yeah, I mean, I was totally gassed, really excited. After what has been a couple of really difficult years, this was just like this big ray of light shining through my Gmail. I actually cried when I received that email. I'm like, oh, I feel so seen. (laughs) I 
feel so seen. And it was, yeah, it was just, um, it was really special to receive that email. They advised me that they were going to be shooting some film for the awards. And I was invited to come along, um, yeah, to be filmed for that. So a couple of weeks ago, I headed out to East London with my family to go and record, turned up on the set, which was really emotional because it was the first time that I'd seen the Treasure Trust crew in like two years. In fact, the last time I saw them all was literally like a couple of weeks before I had my injury. And that was on the um, on the Treasure Trust photo shoot for 2020. Being able to go out and see everybody again was like, I'm not going to lie. There might have been a tear or two, but it was so good to see them, have a hug. And like the set looked absolutely wicked. Such a vibe. And before I turned up on the day, I had a little nosy because I was like, what is this competition I'm up against? Who am I? Who am I going to be against? Um, Not expecting to really know. But I did notice... Nina's name on the call sheet. Now, Nina is a lady that I discovered on Instagram. In fact, she's going to be um, one of the next guests on my have that I have on the podcast. She's a head of design. She's a mother. She's super stylish and super beautiful, and she's got the most amazing hair. She's also dealing with triple negative breast cancer. And I I highly recommend that you go and follow her on the socials to follow her journey and to also learn more about the reality of triple negative breast cancer and dealing with a terminal diagnosis. So I first discovered Nina's page actually through the Black Women Rising Instagram page, which is an organisation set up by the amazing Leanne Perot which is set up to support black women with cancer. Because again, talking about representation, you might be listening to this if you're not somebody that has to deal with not seeing yourself represented and not totally get it. But when you're going through some really dark stuff, seeing people that look like you, it does matter. And I noticed that with my injury, none of the spinal charities were particularly representative. And it does, it, it matters. So yeah, I discovered Nina's page through the Black Women Rising, started following her, she followed me back and we formed a really beautiful online friendship. And despite everything that Nina is going through with her own diagnosis, she was always there and still is there to support and encourage me. So when I saw Nina's name on the call sheet, I was like, you know what? I really appreciate the nomination and I already feel like I've won just by being nominated but that's my winner and I didn't even know at this point who the other women were but I knew who my winner was so I turned up on set and I saw Nina in the makeup chair and there were another two nominees Uh, one of those is a lady called Ivy she is a domestic violence survivor and now she's gone on to become a domestic violence advisor for Sister Space And there was another lady as well called Jennifer. And she is the founder of Sisters in Business, which is a support network for Muslim women in business. So I'm like, I'm up against some really stiff competition here. And I don't like competition. Like, I don't like competing with with women in that sense. It's like, I just want to hug everyone and like elevate together. So I was like, oh. 
So yeah, that was a bit of a challenge, knowing who who I was up against and wanting them to win, but also just being super grateful for the nomination in the first place. So we went on set, had our makeup done, and then sat down and had a bit of a chat on camera about my experience as a mixed race disabled mother. And I got to sit and listen to Nina talking about her story as well, which was really interesting because even though we sort of made friends on Instagram, you know, there's a lot of things that I don't know about her. So it was good to get to know more about her and also see Jennifer speaking. It was emotional, you know, hearing hearing different people's stories and just the stuff that we go through as women, you know, mothers, all of us are mothers. And talking about showing up, it's like, We've all got this stuff going on, but we're all still showing up. And, and, and there's a sense of us all being sort of like determined through our kids as well, which is like super special and super powerful. And Nina and I were still standing around just as they were wrapping up the filming for the day. And we saw Jamelia on camera and she was talking about the nominations in the category. And... Um, we were like, oh gosh, I think she's about to announce who's won. But in an amazing twist, Jamelia said that it was too hard to choose and that actually they redefined the category to be Women of the Year. So I was just like super excited, super pleased. I was standing right next to Nina as the news came in. So we were able to have a big hug and just to be able to share the accolade of Woman of the Year with such incredible, inspiring, beautiful women that are just out there pushing beyond their adversity to be better, to do more, to show up for other women, to inspire other women. And there's something really special and really magical about that. So I was just like on cloud 10 million for like the whole week, just like, we are Women of the Year. We're showing up despite our challenges that we're facing and the difficulties that we're coming up against day to day. And we've been celebrated. Like other people have seen us and recognised us for that. And they're celebrating us. And to top it all off, the film was going to be premiered. So on Monday, I had the privilege of going out to White City House to a private screening in the electric cinema of the film, which was just beautiful. It was fantastic to see these black beauty brands being acknowledged and really powerful to just sit and watch these women's stories. And it's 2022, you know, we're still waiting to be represented. But what I love is how Treasure Tress have just been like, we're not waiting for anybody else to recognise us anymore. We're not begging for a seat at anybody's table. We're building our own table and we're bringing all our sisters with us. So I just want to say a massive thank you to Treasure Tress for seeing us, for acknowledging us, creating space for us, holding space for us, being the representation that we need, that generations to come need. Bearing in mind, Jamelia also co-founded the Teen Experience which is an amazing workshop series. Young black and mixed race women can come to workshops and see women that look like them, that are out there smashing it in different industries. So, you know, talk about sisterhood, talk about being the change that you want to see. So yeah, woman of the year. I like that. Sounds good. Feels nice. 
but more than just the title it's what it means it's what it represents and it's who I get to share that space with that is super powerful so like I just said Jamelia saw something that she wasn't happy with she went out there she made a change and, and she created what she wished existed it's so easy for us to sit and moan about things that we don't like or things that aren't right but how many of us are actually putting in the work to create the change there's that saying isn't there that be the change you want to see because we can't sit around waiting for other people we have to be the change what steps can you take to show up to be the change that you want to see so girlfriend thank you for listening to the podcast you know what always really appreciate your time and energy trust me i really really do if you are a fan of the podcast and you're wondering how you could support it would be amazing if you could share it with others if you're on instagram you can share the episode in your stories don't forget to tag us and another way you can actually help to support the podcast is by leaving a cheeky little rating and a review You can actually rate on Spotify now, which is pretty cool. Apple, you've always been able to leave a little review. Um, So, yeah, I would love a five-star review, preferably, and a little comment. Um, And if there's anything that you would like from the podcast, you can drop that in the feedback section of the reviews. And that's a good way for me to find out what you'd like. Come and follow us at The Curl Squad on Instagram or you can follow me on my personal page which is a bit dry but I am trying to do better at zoe.e.fox Curl friend, I truly love and appreciate you thank you for listening until next time peace out, big love and I'll catch you then <laughs> <laughs>